return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. And that these days would go quickly so you can be back out joining us here in person. Uh, and some of you, of course, in other places, we just bless you and thank you for your friendship and Thank you for being a part of the family here. Hallelujah. God is good, isn't he? God is so good. And I'm just so glad you could be with us uh, here tonight. Hallelujah. I want to just talk about grace tonight. Grace. Uh, the acronym, you know, of course, that came was so popular, God's Riches at Christ's Expense. And uh, everything, everything in the Christian walk is going to involve grace. We're not living under law. Thank God for the New Testament, amen. We're living under grace. And uh, we always have to remember that. We remember how you want to remember where you've come from as far as getting saved. But then you also want to remember when you look at other people to give grace. Amen. You can turn this down just a little bit, Steve. Turn that down a little bit. You want to extend grace to other people and not be so harsh on them. Amen. So I want to just share some scriptures here. First Timothy 1.9 or 2 Timothy 1.9. And it says, he saved us, he called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his purpose and grace, which was given to us in Jesus Christ before time began. So God purposed a long time ago that sending his son Jesus to redeem us from our sin, hallelujah, that we might begin to take on his nature and walk in the spirit. And, and again, what, what was lost in the garden can now in our lives be Obtained again by walking in the spirit. We can be overcomers. Yeah. He, he, he saved us and called us. Now, this is always important, not according to our works. Because sometimes Christians think they get, they get good enough. <laughs> they live for the Lord and a lot of their lives have been cleaned up. And they're kind of like they're good enough, like they deserve something. And, and we have to remember that he's called us. He's anointed us. He wants to use us according to his purpose and grace. And this was given to us in Jesus Christ. You never want to give away, get away from grace. Amen. And, and uh, it's like Sunday, I'm talking about the champion that lives in you and I. And, and that all happens because of grace. It doesn't happen because of who we are, but it happens who, because of who he is. And so, so we begin to take on this supernatural nature because of grace. Amen. Now, if we, if we understand that, we can embrace it because grace shouldn't allow us just to do anything, but it wants to draw us into a closer relationship with Jesus. The closer I get to him, the more I realize, wow, grace is all, all around me. All right. So, so Romans 5, verse 1 and 2. Let me see if I can move this a different place to try to get a better... Just a different sound there, all right. Romans 5, therefore we've been justified by faith, praise God. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace. So we extend faith 
We extend faith, but that faith leads us. It's all, it's all a result of grace, all right? So we have access by faith into this grace which we, have, which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So, so praise God for faith, amen? Praise God for trusting the Lord. But it's this grace then, we have access by faith, access to, the, to his presence, access to his power, access to his nature, I mean, this, this is huge. I mean, think about it. For partakers of the nature of God, it's all because of his grace. Amen. He wants us to partake of him. He wants, he's given us access. So we access this by, by faith, of course, because you have to want to, right? So you're doing something. You have to want to, but then it's this grace that takes over that brings us into a closer, closer walk with God. Jesus, amen? So we ex- begin to experience grace. So let's, let's see, do you have it in good news here, I think, too? Do you have it in good news? Now that we've been put right with God through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He has brought us by faith into this experience of God's grace. So, like when I get saved, just, just starting out getting sal- saved, salvation, and realizing, wow, he forgave me. <laughs> He forgave me. He gave me life, not because of me anything. I mean, yes, I believe, but now I'm experiencing, I realize this grace. I'm experiencing grace in which we now live. Amen? So this is something that that you have to recognize it. See, any Christian experiences it, but you have to recognize it, recognize what it is. So, so grace, you know, we could say, you could write down, it's unmerited favor, all right? It's undeserving favor. So you don't, you don't deserve it. You don't merit it. It's a spiritual blessing. It's impartation to us. But it's all because of who he is and how he's brought us into his family by Jesus Christ. Amen. So Ephesians 2 then. Look, look at Ephesians 2. These are just scriptures on grace. But it says, God's mercy is so abundant, his love is so great for us. I love that. Hallelujah. While we were spiritually dead in our disobedience, he brought life to us with Christ. It is by God's grace that you've been saved. So, so he's brought this life to us. We were dead. He brought us up to life. All right. In our union with Jesus Christ, he raised us up with him to rule with him in, heaven, in, this heaven, in the heavenly world. He did this to demonstrate for all time to come the extraordinary greatness of his grace in the love he showed us in Christ Jesus. So he's demonstrating this extraordinary grace, the greatness of his grace. Amen? He's demonstrating to who? He's demonstrating to the world. I mean, I mean, all of you in here are trophies in one way or another of God's grace. You've had a past life. Now, now you have a new life in Jesus Christ. So, so people can look and see, wow, they've changed. A Christian should change, right? You should become a different person. Let me take, let's turn this off. Let's turn this off. People look at us and they should see the difference. Amen? In other words, in other words because our life now is changed because of why? Because of Jesus. I mean, when people looked at me, they first, first, first thought I was crazy, and of course, first thought it couldn't be possible, but it was possible because of what Jesus had done. It was a demonstration of his grace. We had a college athlete at the time, 
who was the center in the basketball team, he was MVP of the conference in those days. But, but prior to that, he'd been a real hothead. This is a guy, he'd get technical fouls and all kinds of things. He'd yell at people and so forth. Real big guy. And uh, anyway, you know, he gets saved in college. And he was also a druggie and those things, you know. So this guy gets saved. He's 6'8 he's or so. And I see him, and it's like everybody's looking at this guy like, who are you? Now he goes through this basketball, the next basketball season when he was the MVP, never got a technical foul, never yelled at the official, never got upset, and everybody's, so every game was like, like a demonstration of the greatness of God's grace, like, who is this guy? And then of all things, he was someone who spoke in tongues. And so that really baffled people, of course, on campus, but there's a lot of people getting saved, and then a lot of us started speaking in tongues, kind of getting filled with the Holy Spirit testimony of God's grace. Now, only God can do that. Only God can do that in a way that's everlasting like that. Now, we go to these next verses in Ephesians 2.8, for it says, for it's by God's grace that you've been saved through faith. So I, I thank God for faith, but everything comes through grace. So we, we put out faith, but it's by grace, this word saved could mean sozo, as far as saved, healed, delivered, blessed, all of these happens, happen, all of it happens by God's grace. We, we demonstrate faith, yes. God wants you to believe, yes. <laughs> we, we, we have actions of faith, yes. But it all happens because of grace. In other words, it never happens because, because again, we're so good or so forth. You know, it's happening because as we walk with the Lord, he shows us how good he is. And he gives us his grace. So all these things, you know, think of it. Everything happening here is by God's grace that you've been saved. Through faith, of course. It's not the result of your own efforts. So, so, you know, in, in the Christian faith, we do have works of faith. I understand that. That, you, of course, you read your Bible and you worship and so forth. But, but our relationship with God, our relationship in eternity-wise, is not because, again, our, our efforts. is because of what he's done. So, so, you know, we have to think about that. There's this balance, the balance of faith and then the recognition of grace. So when something happens, we realize, oh, wow, thank you, Jesus. You know, it's never like, wow, I did it. No, it's always like, oh, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done, what you demonstrated here. So it says, so no one, no one can boast about it. All right, so we can't boast about what he's done, I mean, we can boast about him, but we can't boast about us. Right. Amen. So we can't, you know, a lot of ministries, I think, get that mixed up. You know, they're all saying how great they are and so forth. But the truth is, all the attention goes to Jesus Christ. It's all about how great he is. We boast. David says, I boast in the Lord. So we can boast on what the Lord is doing. Hallelujah. Yeah. But just, we, just so we always know, it's the Lord doing it. Amen. It's not us that does it. I remember coming back to my uh, little room in India one time, and the day had been so busy and so many things had happened, and uh, this was the time when the man had the big cantaloupe tumor on the side of his body. And I'd had a word from the Lord about a person in pain, great pain, and so forth. They carried this guy. We're on a hillside, so it was like out in the middle of nowhere, a sermon on the mount, you know, in a um, forest area of India, and no roads and so forth. They carried him up front. We prayed, and every time I spoke the name of Jesus, 
this, this big growth, which was I could fit my hand around the sphere, shrunk. And I just said, in the name of Jesus, and it shrank. And I just said, in the name of Jesus, and it shrinks. So every time I said that, it shrunk. And so finally, I could feel his ribs. It was all gone. And this guy who they carried up, who was weeping in pain, he was an older man. I opened my eyes, and he was looking at me, just the biggest eyes. But no, he spoke English, and then they're pulling me to the next person. But people were touched, and then you sit back. Like later in the night, I was sitting on a cot, laying on a cot, and I thought, wow, Lord, what you do. It's not us. It's him. Amen. And see, he, God chose to use people. See, that's, if, if he wasn't going to use people, well, then he'd just have angels do the healing. Or he'd have angels preach the gospel message. But angels don't do that. Angels are messengers, but they don't preach healing, and they don't preach the gospel. God chose that by us, the gospel would go around the world. God chose that earthen vessels would contain this. And through his grace, it would happen. But all we have to do is to put feet to those things and do it. We have to do it. We have to step out. So by grace, you've been saved. Not a result of your efforts. No one can boast about it. God has made us what we are. And in our union with Christ, he has created us for a life of good deeds. <laughs> I like that. So we have this union with him and we're created just to do good things. We apply our faith to access it. We apply our faith to access this realm, but it's all by his grace that he does it. Amen. Because he's so good. Yeah. Amen? He's just, he's, just, he's just so good. That's, that's the way his nature is. Hebrews 12, verse 14 and 15. Now, here's, here's an interesting thing. It says, it says, Try to be at peace with everyone. Try to live a holy life because no one will see the Lord without it. Guard against turning back from the grace of God. Let no one become like a bitter plant that grows up and causes many troubles with its poison. Let's read that in the Amplified. Continually pursue peace with everyone and the sanctification without which no one will ever see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of God's grace that no root of resentment springs up and causes trouble, and by it many be defiled. Now, they make an interesting statement here, that we shouldn't come short or, or fail God's grace. But what is the context of this? Well, the context is that God gave us his grace. Amen? And what happens sometimes in our Christian lives is we all of a sudden, we're, we're put ourselves maybe higher than somebody else in a judgmental way and how we look at them or how we react toward them or something like that. And all of a sudden, there's a relationship that's way out of, it's just not the way it should be. He says, continually pursue peace with everyone. Now, not just Christians, but with everyone. Let me just say this. Many Christians today in the body of Christ, you might even be watching, many Christians today in the body of Christ, they're angry. They're angry at Democrats. They're angry at government. They're angry at all kinds, uh, all kinds of things. And let me just say something. You're failing the grace of God. You're failing the grace of God. How is that you're failing it? Because you're failing to extend grace to other people. You're failing to, off, to offer forgiveness to other people. So if I don't offer forgiveness or extend grace to somebody else, then I'm failing the very grace of God that's been given to me. 
So we have to pursue, and it says continually pursue this peace with everyone. So the Christians, the Christians in the world today have to pursue this peace. Of course, they have peace with God, but then by grace, you extend this peace to everyone. In other words, the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, just the character of God. Does God care about people? The answer is yes, of course, right? Therefore, we ought to care about people. Does God so love the world, everybody in the world? The answer is yes. Therefore, we ought to love everybody that's in the world. See, even even you think of the issues in our society today with how people, some people hate other religions, some people hate other races, all kinds of stuff that comes up in Christianity even. And they're failing the grace of God. They're falling short of God's grace in their own life. Then they're choking off God's grace in their life because they're not giving grace to somebody else. So we have to continually pursue peace. Apartheid in South Africa was was based out of churches. It was terrible. It was from the devil. And people failed the grace of God. Christians have to understand, and I'm talking, of course, to us as Christians, but Christians have to understand this is in regards to all people. As we've received grace, so we give grace. Jesus said, you freely have received, freely give. So you have to give grace to people. You You have to give room to people so other people, you have to allow them to be imperfect. When were you and I ever perfect? Never. <laughs> so why, why should we put a judgment on others for them to line up with our standards? I know the Bible has standards. True, I understand that. But as far as us caring about people, we have to allow people to be imperfect. We have to yield to God so that we can forgive others. It's just the way it is. <laughs> It's just the way it is. It doesn't, it doesn't come down to, I'm right, you're wrong, or whatever, I'm right, they're wrong. It doesn't come down to that. God isn't up in heaven saying, I'm right, and you're all wrong, so you're going to burn in hell. <laughs> no, God just said, I commended my love toward you in Jesus Christ. I commended my love to this world through Jesus Christ. I'm not taking it back. So whether, whether someone rejects it or not, it's still there. He's just, he's just put his love out there for us. It's, to me, it's amazing. I, I think of how, how I was before Christ. I think of how I am in Christ. We're not perfect people. And so the Lord constantly wraps his arms around me, pulls me closer to himself. And when that happens, I'm experiencing his grace. Like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Amen? It's like he says, I'll help you do better. I'll help you overcome. I'll help you in this battle. So those are all, those are all good things. Let's remember Hebrews 4, verse 14. That it says there that, that uh, uh, I think we got it. In as much as we have great high priest, Jesus, already ascended, passed through the heavens. Jesus, our Son of God, let us hold fast our Confession of faith and cling tenaciously to our absolute trust in him as Savior. So we're clinging to Jesus because we have a high priest who who can sympathize with us. He understands our weaknesses. He understands our temptations. He was tempted in every way as far as a human, in every respect, yet without sin. 
So we have Jesus who knows exactly our frame, who knows exactly how we feel. And then he says this, and he puts in the next verse, verse 16. Knowing this, let's approach the throne of grace, the throne of God's gracious favor with confidence. So knowing that Jesus already made this way for us, hallelujah, he's already paid the penalty of sin. He's already sent back the Holy Spirit. He's already said, I'm going to help you. I'll give you a helper. So knowing that he's done this, he says, he says, I want you to come to the throne of grace. I want you to come because I am gracious. People listening, you know, might here or there, wherever you're at, have to understand that God is not in the place of pointing fingers. People should understand that those that rise up in prophetic ministry and say, thus saith the Lord, and preach out condemnation or judgment, they're just wrong. You're wrong. Okay? You're wrong. People can say, well, that's a big-name minister. That's someone. Folks, I know big-name people right now, and they're just wrong. They're just wrong. It's not the character of God. He loves people. God isn't out here to burn some nation up. God's not out here to cast down a whole group of people. Not doing that. Thank God for Jesus, for His blood, the new covenant that we're in, a covenant of grace, and that we can come to a throne of grace. And this is for anybody. (laughs) But we as people now, this is really the context of this, is for believers. Believers, of course, to run to Him. To this throne of grace. And what happens? We come with confidence, without fears, so that we may receive mercy for our failures, find His amazing grace to help in time of need, an appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. So when we come, we don't find, we don't find dread. We don't find something bad, but we find a place of goodness and rest and peace and we're going, to, we're going to receive mercy. We're going to find grace. The more I get in the Word, the more I find grace. The more, the more I live my life, the more I find grace. The more I see how much God loves people, just find grace. I mean, I remember even, we laughed about this some, one time, that you know, even people, Christians, try to think we've got to have everything perfect. You've got to have everything perfect for God to move. Well, when was that ever in the Bible? When was that in the Bible? I mean, Jesus, Jesus showed up at a Pharisee's house, and they had a guy there. They had planted a situation so that, uh, to test Jesus. And Jesus looks at him, you know. Now, none of, nobody believed. Nobody believed. And finally, Jesus said, oh, stretch forth your arm. It stretched forth this arm and it went out and it healed. Totally healed. Totally restored. See, you'll see people say, we've got to have everybody in agreement now for this to happen. Not true. We've got to have just the right songs throughout the atmosphere of the Spirit. Not true. God will show up because of His grace. He'll show up when we extend. Do we extend faith? Yes, we do. But it might just be one person extending faith. But He'll show up when we do that. Uh, uh, Lowell was along that time in India and out in the mountain area and stuff where we were at. They hooked, uh, they hooked this keyboard to battery, cab- battery cables to the battery to get power. There's no power. 
And you know, if you have keyboards, you buy a keyboard at a store. This is, you know, a pretty basic keyboard. And then you have programmed songs in it. And you know, you can hit a, you can hit a button, it'll play a song, you know. So in the middle, uh, we had sang some songs before, which I didn't know, Indian songs. And then, and now during this prayer time, they have this keyboard with speakers and they're just playing songs. So while I'm praying, I just start to laugh because I thought, you know, Lord, you got a good sense of humor. I mean, God is touching people and people are being blessed and ministered to. There were Christians and Hindus there. And, and someone, they play a song, you know, it'd be the wedding march. Da, 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 you know, and then someone hit another one. Then it'd be Old Lang Syne. Da, 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 da. And then it hit another one. It'd be a birthday song. None of them are Christian songs. Not one of those songs would say anything about God. And yet God was moving. And they, they didn't know the song. They're just playing mu- they're just playing instrumental music, you know. So so the thing is, I started chuckling in this prayer line, just thinking, it doesn't matter to you how perfect things are. What matters is he cares about people. Extend faith, and by grace he's going to show up. He just is. He has a throne of grace because his nature is grace. His nature is grace. And of course, people get so concerned, well, boy, somehow these people got to be judged sometime. It's like, well. Be careful what you wish for, you know, I mean, because you might be part of that, too. Judgment begins at the household of God. But anyway, the last day there will be a judgment. True. There will be a judgment. A great white throne judgment. True. But right now we're not there yet. Right now this is the time that the world needs to see you and I in a loving posture, not a compromising posture, but a a posture of extending grace, telling people that Jesus loves them. And that whoever they are, they can come before this throne of grace. And Christians need to hear that. Christians make mistakes. Who doesn't? But it's amazing how Christians make mistakes and then they're depressed and then don't even want to show up at church because what do people think, you know, because why? Because they feel judged. When it should be the time to show up, right? Should be the time so you can get around others to be encouraged and blessed or whatever. God is not up there waiting for us to mess up. He's up there loving us, in us, loving us, and giving us mercy, just abundance of mercy. And we find grace to help. So it helps me get back up. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. And back doing what he wants me to do. Amen. Grace is like undeserving favor that grants us spiritual blessings. Undeserving favor that grants us spiritual blessings. The more you run to the throne of grace, the more you want to run to the throne of grace. First Peter five, first Peter chapter five, verse five says, "Be clothed with humility." All right, younger men submit to older elders and so forth. Be clothed with humility toward one another. All right, God is opposed to the proud, presumptuous. He defeats them. But he gives grace to the humble. You should underline this, the last part of verse 5. He gives grace to the humble. God gives grace. I really believe, I really believe when we just are constantly acknowledging him in our lives, he gives grace. That's humility. Therefore, humble, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He may exalt you in a place of honor for a place of honor in his service at the appropriate time. I believe he loves it when we humble ourselves before him. He gives grace. Now, here's another thing. Second Peter 3, verse 18 says we can grow in grace. 
So he's demonstrated his grace, but we actually grow in it more because the more we realize it, the more we depend on it. We grow, we spiritually mature in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So we, we grow in this grace. Grow in a place of, of knowing that it's him. Knowing that it's him working in me. Knowing that I'm, I'm a participant, yes. I'm extending my faith, yes. But it's by his grace that it's all happening. Not because of who we are. You know how it is. Christians can think, you know, if, if, uh, if, if there's a big-name speaker, somehow they're more anointed, they're more connected, they've got all this other stuff. Folks, it's not any different for anybody. It's all a question of just plugging into him by faith and by grace that we receive. What does anybody have that they haven't received? What does any minister have that they have not received? We, have, we receive it all from the Lord. It's not ours. It's his. So everything we have belongs to him. So that keeps us in a place to realize, well, it's not me, it's you. And by grace, I'm going to keep proceeding forward. And by grace, I'm going to live this life and do more for your glory because you, do, you extend your grace. You give more grace. You, you help us to grow in grace. And in fact, in 2 Peter 1, verse 2 through 4, it says grace can be multiplied. And that, that's, again, all these are pretty deep things, really, you know, but grace and peace, spiritual sense of, spiritual, uh, sense of spiritual well-being be multiplied to you. It's multiplied. Think about that. Grace and peace is multiplied. Now, one of the ways that that happens is through the Word of God. Because the more I read the Word and I'm in the Word, the more I realize how good God is. I see how God interacts with people and so forth. And, and I, you, you understand his character and his nature. So then you, you, you embrace this. Grace is multiplied. It's all the more so. It's like, and peace is multiplied. You just know he's with you. He's with you because of who he is. You embrace his presence. Amen? So grace and peace... Through the knowledge of, of God, through the, through the Word of God, this is really where that is, through the Word of God, grace and peace is multiplied to us. And we realize His divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything, everything necessary to live a dynamic life. Godliness, true spiritual knowledge of Him, through true and spiritual knowledge of Him. It all comes that He's given this all to live a dynamic life, and you just think, Lord, thank you. Again, it's like this grace is multiplied in the sense of our awareness, I think, right? We're just so aware that it's him and not me. And the focus is on Jesus, amen? So we can just think, by God's grace, this and this is happening. We think, God, by God's grace. I think, by God's grace, I'm still here. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's so many things in life you just think, I mean, I, I could have died years ago, but by grace, I'm still alive. By God's grace, we're still pastoring. By God's grace, we're still married. By God's grace, uh, uh, you know, good things are taking place. Amen. So let's just stop for a minute. Let's just lift a hand and say, Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace. Lord, we don't even understand it all, but we thank you that you're so merciful. Your unmerited favor upon our lives. The spiritual blessings that we experience. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for living in us. And we thank you for 
pouring out your spirit on us. And we thank you for all kinds of earthly and, 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 and heavenly blessings, Lord, that you have poured out on us, Lord. And we thank you for that, Lord. And we say, Lord, help us to be good stewards and help us to, to bring glory to your name, Jesus, while we live on this earth. That through us, Lord, your name would be glorified. That through us, others would say, wow, Jesus lives in them. And Father, we, we just thank you for this. We, we thank you that we're growing in this grace. We thank you it's being multiplied in us. We thank you it's increasing in us, Lord God. That, Father, we can, we can be examples for this whole world. That we're trophies of who you made us through your grace. I thank you for blessing people here in this room. I thank you for blessing people online. I thank you for just your covering, Lord, through this ministry, Lord God, that we could extend to this world your good news to tell others how good you are, Jesus, and how you love people everywhere, all across this planet. Lord, thank you for this. And we thank you, Lord, for grace in our nation. We thank you for peace in our nation. We thank you for peace in the body of Christ. We thank you, Lord, for Christians that they would turn their eyes and hearts to you and fix them on you, Lord God. And, Lord, we praise you for this day and thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Well, thanks for coming out tonight. Amen. Good night. Great night to rejoice in the Lord. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.